Hey guys, this episode of the Command Edit Podcast is brought to you by Screenlight. Screenlight simplifies the review and approval process for video editors. Upload your video, share it privately to the client, and receive frame-accurate feedback in a simple, user-friendly environment. Head on over to screenlight.tv slash commandedit to get your free 1GIG account. What has been going on this week? How have you been doing? What have you been up to? Drinking the the 6.15 p.m. coffee, and I'll probably have one more. Well, cheers. Cheers, man. I use a, I usually chop up. You've heard the episodes. I chop up a little oh, yeah. bit of the preamble just to put over the music before it starts to really get into it. Oh yeah, because uh, you know if I ramble too much, uh, apparently people don't like that. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I might put that one in. <laughs> oh, but uh, I do have to say I liked um, instead of us talking um, for the episode two times ago for our solo episodes. I liked the whatever you put behind it, the people humming or singing. Oh, yeah, that's the vocal one. Just yeah, because, I, yeah, there was no preamble to put at the beginning. So I thought, okay, I'll use this version. I like that one. I liked it a lot. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me by surprise, too. So, huh. well, maybe you have to use that one more often. Sweet. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Wicked. Well, uh, let's kick this one off. Hey, guys, welcome to the Command Edit Podcast. Uh, Episode, what episode number is this anyways? 15 question One, mark? 114, I believe it is. 114? 14? Or, or sorry, just just 14. I have a habit of putting a one at the beginning of it. And I wondered when we first started releasing episodes, I kind of had a, ten- a tendency to do that because, you know, episode four just doesn't have any as much oomph to it. As opposed to if you put 104, as in like season one, episode four, you know? I get it, but, uh, you know, I like, if I saw episode four, I'd feel like I'm, you know, on the ground floor of this podcast, which pretty much everybody listening to us right now is. I mean, we're on episode one four, also known as 14. So uh, you, we're still uh, we're still in our infancy here at Command Edit. And that, uh, that is you, dear listeners. You are collectively known as the ground floor. Hashtag ground floor. <laughs> so, uh, which, by the way, I'll just put it out there right now. I'm very proud of, of, the, of what we've done with the podcast and what you guys have helped us do because we doubled the number of downloads of uh, this month's episodes versus last month's. And it's been a huge spike, uh, which can only come from a, us doing our thing, but B, you guys uh, helping by sharing the word and uh, perhaps also getting some new listeners on here. So please keep that up. Uh, share this, uh, share the link to this episode with some of your friends in the social media circles, some of your other editor friends. Uh, if you have any uh, folk who are up at 3 a.m. working on a job, they need something to listen to. We can be that thing. Yeah, or uh, you know, if you're like me and you drive about three hours a day, uh, you need something to listen to also. So uh, let me take a second to thank a couple new uh, listeners, a couple new followers. Uh, Freddie Brown from Chicago, Drew Gibson from Edinburgh, and Kevin Odie from Los Angeles. So thank you guys for listening to us. Sweet. 
And this episode, we are going to be talking about some ways that you can make effective use of your downtime. So what we mean by that uh, are uh, there, there are times when you find yourself not as busy as, you know, uh, as you may as you may usually be. So what do you do? Some people take a break and rest and go on vacation. <laughs> this is not for them. <laughs> Uh, while it is always important for people to take a break, take a vacation, get away, unplug, disconnect, all that great stuff, uh, you know, of course, that that is always important. But we won't be talking about that today. That's just a given. We're going to be talking about uh, the times when you, uh, you're not currently working on a particular project, uh, you don't have any clients calling you up uh, demanding for deliverables. Uh, instead, you're looking for some more work. <laughs> So some of the things that you can do to help further yourself and helpful, uh, hopefully nab that next client. Uh, but first, a little bit of news that's going on in the world. Uh, we've got a couple of articles uh, that, uh, that uh, uh, have popped up over the last week that deserve some very good reading. Um, and actually, I'm going to work this into one of my bullet points later for effective uses of my downtime. But... Uh, uh, what I usually do is I have a tab open all the time called NetVibes. NetVibes is a service that you can use. It's free, and it uh, you can uh, load in RSS feeds of your favorite blogs. Uh, you can categorize them, uh, and they will. It basically just it's a net that catches all of new blog posts. So if you go to NetVibes, uh, it has a collection of all of your blogs that you follow, and you can see. You can scroll through new uh, blog posts that have come up over the last several days. So it's uh, it's very handy. And so that's uh, what I use in my downtime. But one article that did pop up recently was an article with some uh, good information on why cutting to the beat is killing your edit. And that's actually... B.S. <laughs> B.S.? Okay. A little bit. A little bit. Well, perhaps. What do you do? You, uh, well, first of all, do you find uh, Josh? Do you usually cut to music for a lot of your edits? Uh, f uh, for some of my edits. I mean, most of my like medical training videos, uh, they are they are pretty pretty sterile environments. So uh, I try and get I try uh, the fun gets sucked out of them, including the music, the majority of the time. But that's okay. I mean, I I try and still make them. You know fancy and, and fun to the best that I can, but to the stuff that uh, the times that I do have music, uh, you know, it, it does depend. Uh, cut to the music, cut against music. It's, it's all about what kind of emotion you're trying to get from the viewer. Well, I think that there is some, uh, there, uh, there is some validity in cutting to the beat because that helps you develop a rhythm, especially when you're first starting out, if you're just uh, getting used to editing, if you're uh, still a beginner, then it teaches you about cutting, uh, you know, cutting to a rhythm. So the, there is a lesson to to be learned to cutting to the beat of the music there. However, once that's learned, that's one of those rules that you know. Once you've learned it, go ahead and break it uh, to uh, to use for another effect. So sometimes cutting to the beat becomes kind of I'll say it can become kind of paint by color, uh, where if the viewer is just kind of expecting it, uh, it uh, it is not always the the style of editing that you want to have, and also uh, 
what it points out in the article is that occasionally you don't when you cut to the beat the cut of the visual uh brings a or a, a will uh, sorry the beat of the music draws attention to the cut of the visual so and occasionally you don't want to do that um a little bit different but when i'm editing say a, a scene from a narrative uh, uh like a feature um i will try to not cut the uh, in uh, like a dialogue scene i will try not to cut the video and audio at the same time uh <laughs> so as to not draw t as much attention to the cut of the video the cut of the audio will be and sometimes it could just be as little as four frames off from the cut of the video, but it may be as much as four seconds. Right. And that that is a that is a good point. I mean, there are you know many times, especially during during features and whatnot, um, that you don't want the the viewer to realize that they're watching a video. And yes, cutting to the beat, yes, that does draw attention to. Oh, I may be watching a video. I'm not. I'm not in that world that I'm viewing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't. You want the person to get lost in the edit. You don't want to. Uh, sometimes, if you start cutting to a pattern, that part that pattern becomes noticeable, and that will suck the viewer out of the experience. And you don't want that. So, anyways, that's an article that we'll link to. That's over on thepoweredit.com. That's a new site that I've been checking out for some helpful articles. The link will be in the show notes, which you can find over at commandeditpodcast.com. Uh, huh. So. Also in news, <laughs> I've been uh, I've been messing with this new app uh, pretty much just today. Uh, it's called Beam B E M E, and it's kind of Snapchat meets chat roulette. A friend of the podcast, Garrick, um, sent me a um, a download code. So you need you need to be invited in. You can download it but you need to get a code from somebody that's already in. So uh, that's kind of cool. If anybody wants a code, I think I can create one a day. I think so. I did see him. I think I did see him posting something about, hey, I can get you in on this. By the way, sorry, can you hear the dog? No, I can't. Okay. So the neighbor's dog is barking. And honestly, I haven't heard that dog bark in like a year. Oh. So... Well, my dog always barks, and she is sitting quietly on her bed behind me. So, so I can I can, not... I can hear it over my headphones. So I've been like trying to like mute the microphone when I hear the dog start to bark. But so I'm kind of amazed you haven't heard. But no, no, we're good. Right. No dogs. So uh, yeah. back to Beam. Uh, it's kind of weird, kind of cool. Uh, you like hold your phone to your chest and record and like give <laughs> selfie responses back. Uh, I I do think it's pretty interesting. Um, and maybe it'll, it'll catch on. So if you guys want to code, uh, yeah, let us know, uh, at command edit or yeah, at command edit on Twitter. That's our handle. And, uh, I'll what shoot you, you over a code. What have you been using it for? Um, I've been walking around my office today with my phone to my chest. Um, and that's pretty much it. Walking around is like, Hey guys, I'm recording this thing on this new, uh, social media app. And, what, 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 what's the point in holding it to your chest? What is, what do you mean? So I, I watched. Something, it's I, like it's like an Iron Man effect. Yeah, uh, I well, you can either hold it to your chest. You just have to cover the the video sensor at the top of the of an iPhone, and then it starts recording. So I'm pretty sure it's iPhone only. I don't know. I watched uh, like a three minute tutorial with uh, the creator of the app, and <laughs> he the whole purpose is not to glamify life. 
Um, so like, you know, Instagram, you throw on all these filters and whatnot, and you're only going to post the best picture. So it's the opposite. It's showing real life through social media. So that's kind of the point of Beam. Funny, because I've been using Periscope more and more often the past few weeks. And so it kind of sounds a little similar, but different. Uh, like you said, it kind of has like a Snapchat element to that. Whereas uh, Periscope, which if you guys are using Periscope, uh, I've, I've found many uses for it, but I've also found a lot of people using it in jackass ways. Um, because, uh, well, I, I use it to, I've been trying to find a way actually, trying to find what what is what should I be talking about on Periscope. Because initially I said, well, I'm going to be talking, I'll be, uh, I can set my phone up to, it. Uh, Periscope is a, basically a live video streaming app. So think about uh, if you were to set up like a, a live webinar, but instead you're using your phone for this. And when you, uh, when you launch the video stream, it automatically, it's linked to your Twitter. So your Twitter account tweets out the link so that people can then click and join in. They can watch on their desktop or they can f uh, open up the app on their phone and join in. They can chat with you. Uh, they can, there's more interaction that they can have. They can, uh, share the cast with, uh, with their followers as well. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because as soon as you see a, a new service like this emerge, I loved seeing how the opportunity seekers of the social media realm pounced on it and, you know, uh, you know, like a lion on a zebra and was just, they were just trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this work to make money for me? Uh, you know, how can I boost my business with this? And very quickly, you know, you would see people, a lot of motivational speakers use use it to death. Um, where like they'll jump on and just for either five minutes or 20 minutes, they'll talk about, uh, you know, hey, this is how my day went. Or here are so, some social media tips that you guys can use. Or this is, uh, you know, we're going to talk about how to, uh, you know, market our business or this, that, the other thing. So it pretty much is, is like mini live webinars. And then there are people who use it to just uh, show their cleavage. That's what you do, right? That's what I do, yeah. I haven't been getting any viewers, though, so maybe i got to give that up. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's get into our episode today. Um, Absolutely, uh, yes. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yes, because many of these, these things kind of work into it. What do we do in our downtime? Which it sounds like we've had, you and I have had too much downtime this past week. <laughs> We're checking out Beam and Periscope. Uh, oh, my, but, uh, mine is to procrastinate. Mine's not about downtime. Mine is preventing myself from actually doing work. You know what hashtag I've been using recently? Procrastibake. I. Okay. I have been, and I, I do not, I have no shame in this. Uh, if it's, you know, late at night and I'm waiting for, my machine has been pumping out a lot of feature deliverables lately. So that means a lot of hours where my computer is down doing its thing. So I got to go do something else. So I've been baking. <laughs> uh, word to the wise. If you're, if you don't know how to bake one decent cookie recipe, you're missing out. That is a networking opportunity waiting to happen, my friends. And you are talking directly to me because I am not a baker. <laughs> I am not a chef. I cannot cook. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm married. She feeds me. <laughs> well, it doesn't take much because honestly, okay, it, 
slight tangent give me this one tangent we'll get back on track i swear to god but uh, this also kind of does work into downtime what you can do so okay the last feature that i worked in i worked on bed of the dead where i was editing on set at the end of the day we would go back to crew houses and what do crew do at the crew house at the end of the day they sit around they have a couple beers they hash out the day and then they crash but it's kind of a time to unwind and chat and just kind of have fun so Towards uh, the end of the last few days, I would stock up on some ingredients and pop some, uh, I looked up some cookie recipes, pop some cookies in the oven, brought them out, gave them to people. People go nuts for cookies. They will remember you if you feed them. Food is the way, This the networking secret to being remembered as, like, that person was awesome on set. All right, so when you guys have too much downtime, bake some cookies, <laughs> find a local set, and go network. Yes, yeah, because I had people who were just like, like, dude, this is awesome. Thank you so much. And they were good. I, I guess that's part of it. They have to actually be good. So, yeah, don't make crap cookies. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but anyways, I, I digress. That, that, that was a, a fun story from Bed of the Dead. I thought that was, that was pretty great. I took that from a, an actress that we... I worked with several times who did the same thing and she has this amazing reputation because she's an awesome actress because she's great to work with but she also feeds the crew cookies so it's just kind of like the cherry on top for your rep your reputation all right so uh one of our first bullet points uh when you find yourself having too much time in your hands uh <laughs> is to do some market research uh nick how about you touch on that first well, sure. Uh, of course, you know, what happens when you don't have any jobs in the pipeline, if you don't have any clients who are currently knocking on your door trying to give you a job, you try to figure out, okay, how do I reach these people so that they can hire me? Um, how can I expand my market base? How can I get in touch with new people? Um, and uh, how can I sell my services to them? So, uh, this may speak a little bit more to freelancers, but uh, marketing research uh, involves taking a look at who has been contacting you and uh, uh, finding out how they've been hearing from you. So uh, once you know how they've been getting in touch with you, either through word of mouth or through your website or through XYZ, uh, then you can start to figure out, okay, well, how do I then strengthen that that marketing connection uh, to uh make my website a little bit more appealing for people who come to visit um and uh, also then trying to figure out w what other uh ways can i branch out into new markets can i get you know who am i not getting a hold of and how do i reach that person uh this all kind of starts with building a profile for your ideal client which really everyone should do uh whether it's for it's, it, this helps for two reasons. One, if you're, going to, if you're going to build a profile for your ideal client, the ideal person that you would like to knock on your door and hire you, then you know exactly who, they're, who they are, where they are, how to reach them, what their interests are. Uh, so every bit of marketing you do is targeted towards them. And it's also helpful for something to do if you're building a video that is intended to reach a certain market to know who is, uh, so now you're not talking about who is your client, but who is your audience? And how do I then reach them? And what what should I, how do I gear this video towards, uh, to cater to them and their interests? Hmm. 
Yeah, that's inter- interesting. I've never thought of, you know, you know, I, I write a ton and I always think of, okay, who is my target audience? Who am I writing for? I've never actually thought about who do I want to work for, mm-hmm. per se, like like put a profile together like that. Oh, man, that, that's a great idea. It's and it can actually be it's it's ridiculously easy nowadays and it can actually be a little bit of fun. It's it's enlightening uh, because here's what uh, here's a good starting point. Facebook and LinkedIn are truly your friends. Uh, if uh, I, I will routinely look up someone uh, who usually I, I also become friends with this person, uh, but it's someone who doesn't currently hire me, but I want them to. So it's pretty easy to stalk them, <laughs> and I use that term you know with air quotes. Not actually stalk them, but check out what they're doing on Facebook. Uh, what uh, uh, if they're posting about their work or their daily lives? What are their interests? What sort of work do they do? And you can find out a lot about what speaks to them. So you can build a profile, a an ideal customer profile, pretty easily that way, just by following, taking an interest in who your actual prospective clients are. Yeah, that's uh, that's completely true. Whenever I'm meeting a potential client, uh, either freelance or with my my uh, my nine to five job, um, I try and do a bit of internet research on that person. Just see where they went to school, you know, see if you can get any hot, find out if they have any hobbies, like if they like baseball or if they went to a college that you know kind of well because you lived near it, you know, 10 years ago, or if, you know, you've traveled to the same place, just so you kind of have something to talk about besides work. Mm -hmm. Because they're people also, and they might not always just... (laughs) want to talk about work they just they, they want to relate to you in a different level and it doesn't have to be in a schmoozy you know sleazy you're just trying to get your foot in the door sort of way like it, it's not a, it's not in a manipulative sort of way like you know you, you see this this uh, uh this possible client is into uh you know uh, is into playing golf well then i'm gonna take up golf so that i can get in good with them uh it's it it's gotta be it's better if it's genuine so it's better if you actually do take an interest uh, or even better if you just find a common ground. If you find, oh, hey, they like this particular band. I like that band, too. Good. We have something to talk about now, something to connect on. Hmm. Um, so uh, well, currently, what, uh, what sort of marketing tools uh, are you using right now? How do, um, you, how do you market yourself? How do I market myself? Yes. Um, so we all know Edit Video Faster. That is my website. That's my baby. Um, and on there, you know, I write a post every week about video editing and just getting better at video editing. Um, and doing that, um, that kind of, I would say, puts a prospective client that would want to hire me at ease because they can kind of see, oh, I know what I'm talking about, or at least I portray that I know what I'm talking about. Oh, so you you must have a good idea then of like who uh who your market is who you who you're targeting these blog posts for for edit video faster. Uh, well, actually, edit video faster. It is designed to help video editors, mm-hmm. but if a prospective client, a director, or somebody with a production company wants to see my work or or see me, um, I will funnel them there, and they they can really get to know me because I make it personal um you know i write about myself and what i do 
Um, so I'm actually giving them that stalker research that you can easily do through Facebook or LinkedIn uh, or which I like to do through Twitter because um, that's easily consumable for me at least. So when you're writing your blog post though, like you have this idea of like uh, this uh, of your ideal uh, website visitor who's going to be visiting probably has this much this much experience editing They're They found the site because they were searching for this. So that that, that does help craft how you uh, or affect how you know the title you're going to use the language that you use in the blog that sort of thing uh yes it does okay do you ever look at uh, the metrics of your site of like how uh, uh you know which blogs are more popular and then decide like oh well this one was a hit so that's a topic to touch on later and then just kind of pick apart what worked what didn't what drew people to your site what uh didn't really have much of an effect yeah, um, and I also do the same thing uh, on Twitter with Twitter analytics, um, which is f fascinating because you can see like, and uh, with uh, you know uh, WordPress analytics also, um, you can see you know what the most popular time of the day that people you know visit your site or you get impressions on your tweets. Um, analytics are fun. Yeah, yeah, but they 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 get you can get lost in them. You know, I do. I check them like three or four times a day and I know that I shouldn't. And I can use that, you know, eight minutes a day doing something else. But I still do it because it, uh, it, you know, triggers that good feeling you get in your brain um, when you see people are people are seeing my stuff, you know. <laughs> well, it also like it affects how and I, I'm getting more into like building effective YouTube channels and, and how to market with YouTube solely. So uh, I'm I'm using i'm getting into how to explore uh ways to reach your market through that and that involves uh yeah the analytic analytics for that is absolutely fascinating in a totally geeky nerdy kind of way like i'm, I'm getting off on numbers here you know like the retention rate Ooh, 50 percent retention rate that's good uh but you know you're know, looking at what point do your does your audience drop off and say okay what point of the video did we lose people when we started talking about that? Okay, maybe that's not a hot topic. What is a hot topic? And then going out and looking for that. What are people asking for? It's it's it, my favorite thing is going to Google and and typing in, uh, you know, just type in like film editing and then see what popular search uh, result what uh, the autocomplete fills in after that, just to see what are people asking about. What would people like to know? Hmm. And then hopefully I can answer something like that. So. Yeah, that that whole whole thing of like how to reach a, how to uh, effectively reach your target market better is fascinating to me. Okay, uh, our next bullet point uh, is film research. Uh, what do you mean by that, Nick? This one's a little bit fun. Uh, I put film research, aka watching movies. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant. Okay. So it is part entertainment. However, the way I use this, I don't mean I need a night to unwind. So I'm going to throw on Walking Dead or I'm going to go to the movie theater with friends. Uh, but this is actually watching a movie uh, strictly to kind of analyze the, you know, the film editing, for, for instance, uh, or to look at the, the style of editing or the visual effects that were used, uh, just so you can keep up to date because you do have to kind of keep current in what is out there. That's why you get, as a freelancer, you can write off uh, movie theater tickets because it's research. <laughs> hmm. Research and development. 
so here's a question what was the last movie you watched purely because you wanted to it was it was more homework than anything else you may have you may have gotten some entertainment out of it but you mostly wanted to watch it because you heard you know it pushed boundaries with the its style of either how it was shot or how it was done in post the coloring uh whatever uh the the drummer movie whiplash whiplash mine too Yes, because you made me. <laughs> Which that is that should be standard homework, guys. If you were listening to this episode right now, go watch Whiplash. Go watch it after this, even if you've uh, seen it already. Go watch it again. I agree. Uh, it was incredible, and it was the first movie I rented on demand on my TV. Uh, no way. And that's really dangerous. That now I know how to do that and how easy it is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no Whiplash. Uh, great homework. Yeah, like that was uh, it, it, you know that was something that. Uh, you know, I wanted to watch that and then immediately following wanted to watch the commentary. I wanted to read up, uh, you know, as soon as you finish the movie, I go straight to, uh, I open my browser and start trying to look for other articles that other film editors have written about it because then you start to find things out about it. Like, uh, you know, how did the editor approach it? Uh, and how did they build that style? Like he built the the drumming sequences. He he drew inspiration from Raging Bull and tried to make the drumming scenes uh, cut together more like a fight sequence. So hmm. yeah, it there's again there's entertainment to be had there, but there's also a lot of learning. Oh, I've I've a confession. I've never seen Raging Bull. I will confess I haven't seen it either, actually. <laughs> All right. And we may have lost a few listeners right there. That's kind of a sin, <laughs> which we, you and I should probably, you know what? Here. Homework. Yes. Actually, there's, okay, I'm kind of, we're, we're putting this into the episode, so we're kind of committing to it, but, but this may be an idea. Maybe some people will be interested in this. You and I watch Raging Bull, and then we need to do a segment on, you know, what we thought of it. We'll, okay, we'll, let's yeah, do it. Not a movie review, but we'll we'll dissect it. Film class. Film class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. uh, now that we have homework, uh, our yeah. next topic is training and skills development. Mm-hmm. So, of course... In this day and age, you do have to keep up to date with all the, uh, you know, the Adobe CC puts out new software updates pretty regularly, so you got to keep up with the software. Uh, there's always new programs to learn. There's always new techniques. There's, uh, you know, I know how to color footage in After Effects, but there are always other approaches, other workflows you can use. Uh, there's always more stuff to learn. So uh, it, it, if you're not, uh, I feel like if I'm not learning something, then even if uh, even if you're working you need to constantly be learning otherwise you're getting left behind yeah so um there there is always something to learn and there's lenda.com there's tuts plus there's edit video faster hey uh yeah uh, shameless plug uh so there there's all these these different sites and free sites or, or premium but at a low cost um so creative, you could creative live creative yeah. live there we go uh, all these people you can start paying us uh, please <laughs> exactly. please, please. Yep, yep. um but so so my my whole thing uh going back to our our main topic of um what 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 do you do when you have too much time on your hands is you want to set yourself up better for the future so uh if you're able to spend a week just really learning after effects expressions which is something that i'm awful at um hmm. i can 
I can do the little wiggle thing. I, I know how to write that. <laughs> yeah. And that that is it for my expressions <laughs> abilities. But I feel like, you know, if I had if I could get a week of downtime and devote it to After Effects expressions, I would be so much more of a better editor, you know, in a month or in a year, you know, for when a project comes along. Um, I'll just I'll have that little bit of knowledge. I'll have that tool in my tool belt. Um for uh, for just being a better editor, mm-hmm. and and like I said, there are always new things to learn. For instance, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, my editing workflow is uh, you know how I uh, put together rushes for uh, or uh, you know, psych up audio for a feature film um, that has changed because I explored a couple of new features in Premiere and actually uh, I I've never been a total fan of things like. Uh, you know, going back to Final Cut 7, nested sequences and merged clips and that sort of thing, um, they always seem to give me more trouble than 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 uh, be helpful. Uh, but I thought, okay, I need to give this a shot. So I learned, uh, I searched for how others are using merged clips in their editing workflow and actually found a way to use it. So now, you know, I'm a little bit better with Premiere. Uh, so... Which, by the way, I'll give one slight confession. Uh, I started up my lynda.com uh, service again today. So they lose my business, they gain yours. <laughs> well, I, Linda did have me for a long time because I would always find something to watch. Uh, you know, I did the monthly subscription and I just went nuts. Uh, if I had some downtime, I'd find a new course and I would go through it. Uh, then I switched over to Tuts Plus. And I pronounce it Toots Plus. You're, you're Tuts Plus. Uh, as a Tuts Plus instructor, it is called <laughs> Tuts Plus. But it's tutorial. <laughs> Tuts Plus. T-U-T-S. Tuts Plus. Is that- and yes, in, in our instructor training video, uh, it's he's we it was went over how to pronounce it. I'm telling you, they're going to hate me if they ever want me to be an instructor someday. Because <laughs> I'm going to totally be saying it toots plus but okay <laughs> uh what was i talking about yeah so i went uh, over to Tuts plus and likewise did the same thing but then canceled a little while ago uh because i just stopped using it but um uh very recently decided uh, it was time to, to learn final cut 10 because uh, i had to say no to a few jobs because i just wasn't as good with final cut 10 as i would like to be now i've got time now i'm gonna learn it yeah, I do think either by the end of this year or beginning of next year, I will try and pick up another NLE. I don't know if that'll be Premiere. I don't know if that'll be Final Cut Pro. Sony I Vegas. Don't know. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it won't be Sony Vegas. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe something else. We'll see. We'll see. I do want to pick something else up. You and I should switch for like one month. Should, should we like switch uh countries too just yeah no one no one will we practically look alike no one will ever uh no one will ever know i'll give you my beard and everything i'm, I'm catching up anyway all right moving on um <laughs> well we have- actually well before totally moving on uh because yeah part of training and skill developing is of course yeah learning new software learning new equipment uh but also let's not forget the other skills that uh, aren't exactly directly associated with uh film or video production there are always new skills that you can use to apply to uh to to help further your career like uh improv for business 
financial skills, other ways to add to your value proposition uh, as a film editor. Uh, there are you know many ways. You know, I'll I'll even throw in there how to uh, ways better ways to uh, you know keep active at your desk because I you know another article I found this uh, this past week were. Uh, which I'll also, maybe I'll also include this in the show notes because it's been a while since I talked about anything kind of fitness related, but it's for people who have a desk job and it's how to fit in, uh, I think it was like six or seven uh, good uh, like core building exercises uh, before 10 a.m. at your desk. So there are way there are quick exercises that you can do uh, first thing in the morning uh, at, as a break at your desk um, that, uh, you know, obviously they're not going to break a sweat, but uh, uh, will keep you energized for the day. So, you know, things like that. Um, there's actually an improv class that I signed up for for next Monday in, in my town. Uh, purely because improv is no longer just for comedy. It's also great. It's catching on in the workplace for people who present, uh, for people who need to develop communication skills. Uh, who, uh, you know, if you're going to be in a, uh, a meeting with a client, uh, it's, it helps, uh, not only in communication, but also in creativity. Uh, so yeah, it helps a great deal. Plus it's fun. Okay. So cool. are there, like, are there other things that, you know, are not directly related to video production that you often delve into? Like, you know what I could, you know, uh, this would be applicable to, uh, to my job. So I wouldn't mind learning how to use that. Um, just, I would say, storytelling in general. Yes. Uh, just just hearing good stories or writing good stories or reading good stories. Um, because, I mean, that's ultimately what we are. We are storytellers just through the medium of video. Uh, so just, you know, listen to something good. Uh, listen to the Lore podcast, L-O-R-E. I've been obsessed with that one recently. It's uh, every two weeks. It's a kind of scary, kind of historical uh, story um, based on uh, facts. L-O-R-E? L-O-R-E. All right. I got to write that down. I'll include that in the show notes as well. Yeah. So, yeah. By the way, anytime that we guys are, are we're mentioning any sort of external link here, like lynda.com, uh, toots plus, uh, uh, do, you, do you get in trouble if you say it wrong? Um, I will probably get in trouble if I say it wrong. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the Laura podcast, uh, we'll include all these in the show notes on the command edit podcast.com site. So for the show notes for this episode. All right. We have two more topics uh, mm. for what to do when you have too much time on your hands. Uh, and our second to last one is networking and partnering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you trying to blank on this one <laughs> no um all right so uh my thing for networking uh more so networking than than partnering is contact somebody new or somebody that you haven't talked to in at least a year every day just one person um and you can just send them like a a, a twitter message or facebook message or an email um you know but, but tell them something if you don't know them, you know, find their website or something that you like about them and either give them a compliment or give them some help of some sort if they're struggling with something um, and just, you know, introduce yourself. That's 
get your foot in the door with them. Or if it's somebody that you haven't connected with in a long time, just say, hi, how's it going? How's, you know, the, the wife, the kids, the dog, um, whatever it is, and just reconnect. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe something has changed in their life. Maybe they need a video made. Maybe they need a video editor. Maybe, you know, they need a dog sitter. Uh, who knows? Um, there is something to be, to be said with reconnecting with people because a lot of times when you find that there are no jobs coming down the pipeline, if you if, if clients are not coming to you, you may be say, sitting here saying, uh, like, well, what's what's going on? Like, why am I not getting any work? Why, why are these people not calling me? I did great work for them. They should be coming back to me. They may just need that friendly nudge, that, 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 that little poke that says, hey, I'm still here. Do you have anything I can do for you? And sometimes that's all it takes. It's not that they're thinking, I don't want to work with you. It just hasn't occurred to them. So sometimes with that little reminder, they, you know, they'll come back and they'll say, oh, hey, yeah, actually, you know what? It, you know, I have something to, to that uh, I'd like to talk to you about. Right. Uh, you know, even especially if they're a former client, uh, I mean, just ask how things are going. Um, you don't even you don't have to say that you're looking for work, um, but just just reconnect and, and be meaningful in whatever you say. Mm -hmm. I do. I have a form that I'm going to include on our site as well that I've started using this year. And it's been super helpful for me in staying in contact with people and uh, and uh, uh, managing my contacts. Actually, it's called a customer relationship planning form or uh, customer relation management. And I have a form for each of my clients. Uh, Either and I group them either prospective, as in like I haven't worked with them yet, uh, but will someday. Uh, I currently work uh, with them on something, or I have they are a return client that uh, I have a history with, uh, have worked with them before, currently do, and expect to later. And every single time I go to a meeting with the, with uh, this client, uh, I update the form with. Uh, with new information saying that uh, we met on this day, we talked about this, they mentioned this project later, that's, you know, they, uh, it's not ready to be talked about right now, but they have something that they would like to talk about uh, four months from now, for instance, like, well, we have an event coming up in four months, we would love to have a, a video to present at the event. Uh, we, you know, we need to hash out the details before we talk to you, though. Great, I write that in, and I routinely check these forms so that I may see Oh yeah, about three months ago, Bill said he had an event coming up. Maybe I should get in touch with him and talk talk to him about. Uh, hey, do you want you know put uh, this video together for your event now? And it's a great way of keeping track of where your clients are. Uh, you can enter in information for uh, projects that you're currently working on with them, uh, and uh, projects that you've completed. What went well. Uh, what could be worked on. Uh, it's super helpful, especially uh, as a little bit of preparation before going into, uh, if you're just going to meet them for uh, to catch up, it's a great way to recap uh, to uh, see if there's anything that uh, you can bring to the meeting and say, oh, by the way, last time you mentioned this, did you want to talk about that? And you can impress them. There's a bunch of silence I'll cut out. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, I'll include that form on the... Uh... You're gone. I can't see you. Oh, really? I couldn't hey, hear man, you. Are there? I... Yes. Oh, give me one second. My wife's about to walk in. Okay. 
Can you hear me? Can you see me? Yeah. Can you, you can hear me, see me? Okay, that was weird. What's going on? Slow internet. Let's go. Okay, so, uh, okay, I'll just need to give myself a, an edit point to cut all that out. So yeah, I so that uh, the customer relationship form, the CRM form, I'll include uh, the template on the show notes for you guys to go ahead, download, and use use away because I've found it super helpful to keep track of uh, to manage all of my clients and all the details that are going on between uh, in uh, in our work relationships. All right, and our last bullet point is side projects. Hmm. So side projects. Seem to be everybody's got a side project going on. For instance, a podcast. Yeah. So yes, this podcast, the Command Edit Podcast, is is our own little side project, which kind of works into almost everything. It's kind of marketing research. It's kind of skill development. It's kind of networking. Um, but uh, this could also be uh, side uh, film projects or video projects, passion projects that a lot of people say. Uh, these are usually the projects that uh, a friend of yours that you've already worked with comes to you and says, I have no budget, but really want to do this. It's a lot of fun. And we, uh, it's a, it's a chance to do something new and creative. Are you in or out? <laughs> so, which can also be interpreted as I need you to work for free. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess if you have nothing better to do then uh, I mean, you should go ahead and do it. Well, not to put it as like, you know, eh, if I got nothing better to do, but uh, sometimes it does make sense to budget in time uh, to do it. It does work to kind of strengthen a partnership with other uh, with other filmmakers, with other, with other clients uh, to develop uh, your work relationship with with them so that you can learn to work well. And also they'll remember you because you were part of their team once. Um, plus, it may be the opportunity presented to you might be something that uh, kind of forces you to develop skills that uh, you didn't have uh, previously. For instance, uh, a web series that I worked on many years ago, it called for a lot of thankless, payless visual effects work at a time where I was still just a young, budding visual effects artist and you know had just discovered Andrew Kramer's site. Uh, so I really did not know what I was, what I was doing, but I saw it as a killer opportunity to do some pretty fun stuff and to learn as I went. Uh, and so at the end of it, uh, it was a great project, learned a great deal. And, uh, yeah, I walked away with some, with some skills that I could then, uh, use in further jobs. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of or the majority of my side projects, um, you know, they've all been something that has helped me improve uh, somewhere along the line in some aspect of my editing or my editing career. What was the last time you did a side project? Um, I mean, outside of this podcast and outside of my couple of websites. Um, yeah. Like do, you, do you get approached by like, do you have other filmmaker friends that call on you and say, hey, Josh, I could use you to do this, that or the other thing? Uh, less film, more uh, advertising or marketing or promotional type stuff. Yeah, see, yeah, side projects can also be sometimes interpreted, you know, disguised as such when they're actually uh, it could just be ways to, to try to get you to work for free. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> I mean, and we, we've talked 
you know, quite a bit about when to work for free, when not to work for free. Um, so, I mean, sometimes I'll do it. Sometimes I won't. Uh, it all depends. All depends if uh, how much beer they'll give me. Um, <laughs> I will say this, though. When you do a... This this is my you can do whatever you want but uh, uh, this is my my approach to side projects. I only take them on if I'm going to treat them as though I'm getting paid. I need to treat them like they are work, uh, and I need the other person to I need the other people involved to also treat it the same way. So it's uh, it's not just something that we're gonna do on our on our you know on our downtime casually, but you know. Uh, I like the side projects that still have structure to them, that have deadlines, that say we have a goal that we're going to hit with this and we're not going to necessarily sacrifice a lot of work. Like we understand if a work opportunity comes up, then that comes first. But there needs to be some kind of priority for this. Um, yeah. I have, made the, I have made the mistake before of... Uh, a, a, someone came to me and said, I have a music video I'd love, uh, I need shot, and uh, and I would love to have you involved. It's a side project, it's a passion project. Are you in or out? And I said yes, uh, and I didn't treat it as such. And ultimately, you know, nothing really bad came from it, but, uh, but there was a moment where, you know, work came up, so I said, okay, sorry, we're gonna have to move the shoot date. Uh, and some friction happened because I, I realized, no, I'm not giving this passion project, this side project, the respect it needs. I'm not treating it like work, uh, which ultimately is going to affect the quality of the work. So if you if you keep you know uh, pushing it aside for other things, so yeah, lesson learned. Uh, try to treat it like like work. <laughs> All right, so um, let's. Let me do a quick recap of everything we talked about today. Uh, so when you find yourself with too much time on your hands, uh, we want to do these five things. Uh, marketing research. So that means cyber stalking people. Um, film research. Uh, go watch Whiplash. Go to the movies. Or, yes. <laughs> or or uh, Raging Bull. Uh, training and skills development. So uh, lynda.com, Tuts Plus. Uh, improv, uh, business improv. Um that has not reached uh, where I am in the States yet, uh, or maybe I've just missed out, but uh, that does sound actually really cool. Um, networking and partnering. So uh, contact people, uh, contact people you don't know, contact people you haven't talked to, contact past clients. Just reconnect and uh, be meaningful. And lastly, side projects. So um, do work that you want to do, passion projects. Uh, make sure that they have some structure to them and make sure that you take them seriously even if they are not a serious project. Exactly. And you know, by the way, side projects can just be also just your own thing as well. Uh, you know, for instance, with editors, you don't necessarily need a you know an entire crew to do something. All you need is some footage that you say, I want to repurpose this i want to put put this together into something i want to re-edit a scene from a movie uh you know i want to take stock footage and make something new you know uh, whatever which does kind of work into uh you know we are you know command edit is taking a look at uh at uh, something called edit stock which we have looked at before so we're currently uh taking a good hard look at it uh and trying it out uh I discovered it a, a number of weeks ago and thought this is a fantastic thing that I wish 
I definitely wish was around when I was first starting out. So because it's a perfect, perfect activity, perfect thing to fill your downtime with. Uh, a chance to uh, go grab some footage for a small price, uh, edit it into something new, get some feedback on it. So it's skill development. Uh, it's something you can put together in your reel. Uh, so it's a great uh, candidate for something to do in your downtime if you're looking to further your skills a little bit. So it's something we may talk a little bit more about in the future uh, as we uh, uh, try it out. Yes, most definitely. So I guess my closing thought for all of it together is set yourself up better for the future with your downtime. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, also, finally, don't be worried about downtime. Downtime does not mean you're not working hard enough uh, or panic mode because there's no work coming in, uh, especially for freelancers. Sometimes it just happens. So... You know, don't go, don't uh, freak yourself out by thinking downtime is bad and that you shouldn't have, you know, periods of time where you don't have uh, projects in the in the pipeline. Well said. So uh, I think that uh, wraps it up for me for episode one four, also known as fourteen, <laughs> aka fourteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. This has been a great episode. Uh, thank you guys for plucking us into your ears. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you could uh, uh, follow us on Twitter and let us know. Uh, join in the discussion. Let us know what you thought of this uh, episode at Command Edit, uh, and also uh, share this episode with uh, over your Twitter feed, Facebook uh, friends. Uh, and you know, pass it around at work, whatever you do, uh, to uh, see if there's any other film editors that you know that would be interested in uh, hearing some of our episodes. And if you do like our episodes, we would really appreciate uh, a good old five-star review on iTunes. Um, we do read them out on air. We love them when we do come in, and it helps the podcast in searchability and gives us some good feedback on what we're doing right and what we could be improving on. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week with a brand new episode. See you guys later. See ya. See ya.